Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 262. That is 262. It's the Ines Wolves Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. Delighted to be joined by Mr. Liam Keane for another week of weird, fantastic frolics at Wolverhampton Wanderers Football Club. Liam Keane, are you there, baby? I'm always here, always here, my friend, for another busy, or should I say quiet, uneventful week, rather. There's not much going on, is there, for Wolves? It's always just, you know, <laughs> nothing going on. There's like it's literally quiet, zero going on in the week. We're just we're just filing our fingernails, we're having a couple of showers, we're trying to pass the time. Nothing going on. Boring. Oh... I don't, know where, I don't know where to start. I was, I was, I was. I just don't know where to start. I, I don't know whether I'm, I'm sad. I don't know whether I'm happy. I don't know whether I'm excited. I don't know whether I'm nervous. I don't know whether I'm all of the above. I think I am all of the above, to be honest. With um, with Wolverhampton Wanderers Football Club. Uh, I mean, it is the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you can you can put you can put as many of those people and results and and, and situations into into whatever categories you want. Uh, right, let's 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 go with let's go straight to the jugular. Okay, we'll put Southampton aside. We'll we'll move. We'll 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 speak about that obviously later on with the the one nil win. Uh, look, everyone's talking about Costa. I'm not talking about the coffee. I'm talking about the shit house himself. <laughs> by the way, uh, and that's a, that's a one minute forty second record of swearing. Uh, although it's a phrase, it's a saying, so maybe we can get away with it. Diego Costa is on his way. He's flying to uh, to Wolverhampton tonight. Uh, we'll be flying to Birmingham. We'll be flying to Wolverhampton. We'll be flying to Birmingham tonight and um, set for a medical tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow morning, we believe. Uh, look, it's um, I- I'm quite stunned that I'm even saying that sentence. Uh, you know, with the with the podcast that we had last week. Of course, there's a lot of combinations and situations that have happened because of that. Let's just talk about Costa first, and then we'll obviously, you know, incorporate what's gone on in the past week. Diego Costa, Wolverhampton Wanderers, is it a match made in heaven or hell, Liam? What a question! By the way, I love that we've just skipped the banter. We're going straight into Costa, but it's it all. I mean, the, the banter will will be brought in. I mean, we have to, though, don't we? I mean, it's it's such a this bizarre is, week that we've got to just go straight into. It, I think it's insane. It's insanity. Um, it's insania, as uh, Peter Andre uh, sang all those years ago. God, um, you are old. But uh, <laughs> I am old. But um, yeah, just put into words what your first thoughts were when uh, this was. Um, this obviously came to fruition on on Sunday. Um, jokingly predicted it, apparently, um, a couple of hours before it got confirmed. And um, and what your immediate thoughts were on the deal and what your thoughts are now whether that's changed on a prospective deal I think there's only one word really to sum up what Diego Costa could bring to Wolves um, and that's ent- <laughs> and that's entertainment entertainment okay it's going to be um, if of course it goes through as you say the proposed deal uh, it's not going to be short of headlines I'm sure it's not going to be short of talking points because um, that's what he brings. Look, you, you use the word Diego, <laughs> not Diogo. We don't want to. We don't want to force you into too many, uh, you know, editing bleeps into this. But um, I use the word shithouse for the second time on the podcast. Um, in that, that, that's just what he is. Look, he's a. Uh, you know, it was a long time ago that he was 
winning the the titles, the two titles he won at Chelsea, 2015 and 2017, I believe, with the years. Um, it's a long time ago in football terms, um, but he was one hell of a player then, a real bruiser of a striker, great finisher, uh, and just bullied defences. Mm. Um, in terms of what he can bring, the character and the footballer he is, albeit he's 33 and he hasn't played in 2022, hasn't played you know, since he left uh, Brazil in January. Um, all those bits aside, he does bring a bit of a nasty streak, which mm-hmm. I think this this side does miss. Um, Agreed. I think now you've too got, nice at times. Yeah, I think so. And look, that is, it's got to have you know a nice blend, a nice balance of it, because you you know you don't want him to have more red cards than he does goals, and you don't want him to be you know unavailable most weeks because of uh, some of the antics he might get up to. Um, but he does bring a bit of what Wolves are missing, I think. Mm. Again, off the pitch. He's been known to be difficult at times, I think that's fair to say, um, which is not, you know, it's not ideal. We don't want to upset the apple cart, but if he can bring something that, you know, kicks a few asses into gear, um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. At the same time, you've got to look at the things that I've just said we'll hold on to for a second, which is his age, 33. He was last playing in Brazil, which, albeit is uh, a competitive league, it's not, in terms of standard, anywhere near the Premier League. Um, and of course, he left them in January, so he hasn't been playing since then. Now, if you look at his social media posts and all that, you know he's been in the gym and he's been keeping himself in good shape, which you'd imagine uh, a professional footballer would do, you know, regardless of whether they've got a club or not. But it is still a risk of sorts. Um, it's low risk because he's coming in on a free transfer. If it does go through, and it's going to be a one year we we expect. But at the same time, it's a risk nonetheless because if he comes in and doesn't um, at least add a few goals and a bit of a focal point for Wolves, um, then it's wasted uh, It's wasted wages, to be honest. Um, so you've just got to take that, that risk because of the position they're in. Yeah, look, 33. I mean, I'm not too bothered about the age, to be honest. I mean, look, you, you look at Chelsea signing Aubameyang. For, he's, he's 33 years old as well, albeit he's still playing active football, I mean, playing for Barcelona. Um, a lot slower pace than what it is in the Premier League. But... I, I get that he is, you know, he's getting on a little bit. But for a one-year deal, it doesn't bother me at all his age. It's whether he can get up to speed and get up to speed quickly. I say quickly, depending on the situation with Raul, he might, you know, it might take him two to three to four weeks to get up to full speed. And really, what's Diego Costa going to bring to Wolves? I would say impactful 20 minutes or so for the first few weeks if he's available, get then you can get your legs under you, find your fitness, and you don't have to be ready for a start until three or four weeks down the line for me. So there's not an immediate necessity for him to, let's say, get ratios, come in and be ready. Okay, not, not Liverpool, but let's say Manchester City. But I could quite easily see him being available for Manchester City off the bench for the last 20 minutes if this work permit goes through. So from that point of view, and I think there were there were some disparaging reports that he was going to come on for initial trial at first and then it got changed to, no, if he's fit, if he passes a medical, he's going to get signed. Because I feel like you can put him through a, a mini pre-season and he will still be very effective for you later down the line and not there's not that desperational need for him to go and start a game. No, no, I think you know, Wolves have still got very good options. Um, I think you, know, you, you did a tweet not long before we started this recording about... The, you know, there's several different options Wolves have got out wide at false nine, even bring Chem Campbell into that, you know, scored a worldie for the 21s last night and I think has shown very good signs. Um, look, numbers-wise, I think the Wolves are actually in a pretty good place. 
Um, but there's something very different between a winger and a false nine in comparison to an out-and-out striker. And losing Kalajic, which I know we'll come on to, um, Wolves did need to re- replace him. And of course, the transfer window is over, so they're in, they, you know, they've got a very limited market to replace him. Um, and from the looks of it, Diego Costa looks like the best option there. But you are right when you say that you know the, the injury to Raul Jimenez, uh, or you know proposed injury after him you know pulling out of the squad against Southampton, um, doesn't look you know anything near what some fans might suggest uh, it, it, or what thought it is. Uh, it looks like he just felt a little bit of pain in his groin. He's just come back from a knee and groin issue, so they were essentially being precautionary, and it looks like he's going to be okay. Um, or fingers crossed at least. So with him being a fit and available, yes, he's not exactly hitting the mark at the moment, but uh, we know he can do and, and he's obviously you know a very talented player. So having him available and having a number one striker there with Costa as a backup until Costa gets himself fit and available to, to potentially play and, and start games and, and provide competition, uh, I think Wolves are still in, in an okay position. Um, but Wolves have been desperately needing goals. Everyone knows that. And at the moment, Raul isn't finding them. Not many other players are. Costa, in the short term at least, is probably not going to well, at least start games or potentially offer many goals, You know, unless he surprises us all. Then in the short term, it's not a massive fix. It's really a, a season-long fix, uh, or even at least until January. So um, it's it's something I think Wolves need, and they need to bring need to you know replace Kalajic. And with what they've got on offer, it's probably the best they're going to do. Um, for me, uh, if, if they do sign him, absolutely nailed on here. 10th of September, Liverpool not going to happen. Uh, could be available for the 17th of September at Man City, building your way up to fitness. Then they've got international break. So again, you've got another two weeks there for him to get his legs underneath him. West Ham away, potential bench. First start, October the 8th at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea Football Club versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. That will be absolute box office. And look, with all with all respect, due respect to some of Wolves' strikers, Raul Jimenez excluded, if you're a defender for a Premier League club and you see Diego Costa in the starting lineup, you go, I'm in for an uncomfortable afternoon regardless because he will do anything and everything to make it turn, to make it as uncomfortable as possible. He will he will attack, he will be direct, he will nip, he will pinch, he will shoulder barge, he will do anything to get an advantage. And sometimes it won't work and sometimes it will. And look, if if I'm if I have to face uh, you know a false a small false nine or uh, you know no respect no disrespect for how Hang He Chan or I want to see I want to face Diego Costa, Diego Costa is the last on my list who I want to face if I'm a central defender. I think he does bring that that nature of being an aggressor of taking the almost the limelight maybe the pressure off Wolves. These certain plays, you know, your your Pedences, your Netos. Okay, you've got to start scoring. Your Raúls to a certain extent. Your Nunezes, your Geddes, these players that there's all this focus on at the moment that the Wolves have brought to the club. Okay, when are you going to start scoring? When are you going to do this? You know, when are we going to start, you know, winning some games? I think Diego Costa comes in and takes it on his shoulders because he's been there. He loves the limelight. He loves the attention. He loves the pressure. And maybe it might help those around him to just settle down, not be the centre of attention, and relax and play the football that we know they can do. Yeah, and I think what we're talking about in terms of the yeah that aggressor and, and some of the qualities he brings is, is you know I think Wolves are a little bit too nice at times. It's something that they don't 
uh, that they don't really have, um, which I like. I definitely like. And look, as well, one of the things that's been massive from a tactical point of view, one of the things that um, I think Raul has been struggling with a little bit is the positioning and the different style of runs that he needs to be making in the box. So we'll highlight again that that chance against um, against Bournemouth in the first half where uh, I forget which player it was, but on the, on the right-hand side, plays the, a low cross in and the space is in front of one of the central defenders for Raul to run on and potentially have a tap in or at least challenge for the ball. And he makes a run to the far post the ball gets cleared ahead of him, way ahead of him. He's not even close to it. And Bruno is frustrated. The team are frustrated. Raul is frustrated, but seemingly frustrated with the uh, with the cross, which is, I think is the wrong reaction, to be honest. Um, and I've since gone back and watched videos of the, the runs that Raul makes. And it's very similar to the runs he would make uh, 2019 when Adama Traore is pinging crosses into the far post. And that great partnership they had, the great goals they scored between the two, um, but Wolves are playing in a much different way now and he needs to be occupying that space centrally, the space whether it's in behind or in between the two central defenders, wherever the space is centrally is where he needs to be occupying and he too often drags himself out wide. Now Wolves are working on, with him to try and correct that and make the right runs for the, the balls that Wolves are putting into the box. Um, at the moment it's not quite working and I've got confidence that you know Raul will, Raul will get there with that. But what Diego Costa offers, if he does if he does arrive, is, I mean, again, we can talk about his age and the, where he's been playing. I think mobility-wise, even when he was in his prime, he wasn't the most mobile. Um, he's not going to be tracking back. <laughs> Let's be honest, he's not going to be um, running the channels. He's going to be in that six-yard box and he's going to be making the, the runs, using his strength and getting the right, hopefully getting the right positions to score goals. Now, from a purely positional, tactical, style point of view, I think that could suit Wolves really nicely. Um, but there's lots of different pros and cons that we've already been through with him and how long it takes for him to get up to speed. So, um, And we've got to wait and see if he signs in the first place. There's a lot, lot of hurdles to get through before we get to that point. But if we do get there, it's got potential. How um, how likely is it that, uh, do you think, that, that Costa will get this uh, this work permit? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's been described to me today as very much fifty-fifty up in the air. Um, I would, again, speculating slightly here with his experience and his name. I would like to think that it's more likely than not that he that he gets uh, that he gets put through and he gets advised to go through. Um, but essentially, the way it you know the way it works is that he hasn't qualified automatically. Uh, for the points system um, that you know, this is obviously post Brexit, then the new point system um, to get through, you have to have at least fifteen points. Um, he's somewhere in the ten to fourteen bracket because that is the bracket at which you could appeal to hopefully then get the um, then get the permit later down the line. Uh, so he's somewhere in that bracket, um, and the reason he won't have got the fifteen is because he hasn't played enough international games or hasn't played recently um, internationally for Spain, as well as. Having not played recently for um, having not played recently for for his uh, Atletico Mineiro in in Brazil, uh, so just another example which hopefully will make it sort of make people understand it. Justin Cloyer, who was joining, planning to join Roma from or join, sorry, join Fulham from Roma, uh, didn't get a work permit, albeit he was on loan at Nice last season, because in the, you know the month leading up to him signing, he hadn't played for Roma, and he didn't get enough points because of that. 
Um, it seems incredible, but you know that's it's, it's the very complex uh, and I suppose minuscule way that they they judge how um, how points are served out. So he's somewhere in that ten. This is Costa somewhere in that ten to fourteen bracket. Um, he now goes to appeal where essentially there's a panel of three people who uh, advise whether the FA should um, should grant it regardless or not. And then the FA then actually does have, uh, you know, that they have the authority to deny it, even if these these people uh, sort of advise it to go through. So it's very much up in the air. It needs to go through. It needs to be go through the advisory panel first and be sort of given the green light there, and then the FA need to, to need to award it. But um, as I say, with his experience and you know across football and previously in the Premier League, the name etc. I would I would hope that it would go through. Um, also. You look at uh, Wolves would have been aware of all of this as well when when they're you know going for his sh- signing, albeit it was at late notice, short notice. Uh, they'd have been aware of this and they'll have been given some assurances. I'm sure that um, they can hopefully push it through. And uh, as it stands, he's flying in tonight, and the medical is set for tomorrow. Uh, and then sometime in the next 24 to 48 hours, we'll um, hopefully know whether Diego Costa is a Wolves player. Let's go back in time then, Lynn. Let's go back in time three or four days. Let's rewind back to um, the start of the game against Southampton. And we see uh, Raul Jimenez on the bench. We see Sasha... Go on. <laughs> you've, been, you've been worried about this all day, haven't you? Kalajic? Yes, Sasha Kalajic. That's the one. Starting, which was a surprise to us, uh, mainly because Bruno... Again, in his in his pre-match press comments, kind of insinuated without saying it that uh, he's had one day's training, and it's unlikely that you know you you're gonna. He said you, we can't expect a hat trick straight away. Well, I guess he was expecting one or two then because uh, he started him, um, regardless of the fact um, that he'd only had one day's one day's training. He must have felt that he was he was fit enough to to start the game. And look, I'm sure the plan was to get him maybe 55 to 60 minutes. We then see Raúl Jiménez walk off. Uh, the pitch during the warm-up, uh, which was later described as chronic fatigue slash slight groin twinge. Is that is that right, Liam? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think Bruno would describe it as chronic fatigue, but we were hearing that there was a a small sort of groin issue, which was yeah. was the reason. Yeah. Now I mean, I'm not going to go go into the whole chronic fatigue syndrome situation or, or designation. Um, it seems strange to me that. Um, you would have someone with chronic fatigue even on the bench anyway. Um, so so maybe the groin injury maybe was caused by tiredness and, and maybe they put two and two together and that was that was what he described it as after after in the in the post match press conference. Sasha plays. I think he looks lively. I quite like the positions he took up. I thought they looked to give I thought they gave Southampton problems, especially in that first half. They gave him a different dimension. And then we see him you know, tweak his knee slightly on off the ball, which you're always concerned about. He kind of went down. We both looked at each other going, hell, I hope this isn't what we think it is. Came back on. As you see, a lot of people with an ACL injury do. Um, and then withdrawn at half-time. Uh, look, Bruno in his post-match press conferences, I mean, we kind of joked on camera. I said jokes, not jokes, probably the wrong word to use, but... In our post-match video analysis, before we went into the into the press conference, saying that uh, I'm sure we won't get any news on on either player, and um, it'll just be you know they're, they're being assessed, and we'll let you know when we do, which is pretty much the protocol that a lot of managers go to, especially when you're unsure on a 
on a specific injury. We we got the complete opposite from Bruno, really. Whether it's um, him just kind of protecting or doesn't want to be asked too much about about certain players, but he kind of well, he said that that Raúl and, and let's hope Raúl is and um, and Sasha will will should hopefully be both be available for Liverpool as in, as in the following week, and we kind of. Thank goodness our, our initial fears are allayed. And then less than 24 hours later, Liam, we're hearing that he's damaged his ACL. So what's going on here? Yeah, I think if we're going to be honest, um, I think we both hold the same opinion here that um, Bruno's had a slight mishap there, a slight error, because um, I think he's just keen to answer the question and give fans some sort of answer. But I don't think you can you can say what he said without knowing... The full extent, really. Um, Unless he's been told himself, "Oh, it looks minor," yeah, and then they've, yeah. they've gone back in and they look, look, we might have to check on this. But I, I mean, think look, that's unlikely because can... I, I don't think. Um, I think from what I was hearing after the fact is that mm. Sasha had left to go have scans. Yeah. So, so why say that? Exactly. Why, why not just say? What, surely the easiest answer, and it's frustrating for fans, and you can see the frustration sometimes. In, I, I do like Bruno. I think I think he holds himself up very good, but he's almost too honest or too keen in his own right sometimes sometimes you've got to hold a little bit of information back and that sounds silly from a journalist point of view to say that but if you don't know the specific extent of a striker you've just signed for how much 15 odd million quid or was it around that ballpark what was it Uh, it 15.4 million quid on a five-year deal and he's gone down after 45 minutes and you're a little bit concerned just say he's getting assessed just say he's getting assessed because it's we, making you look silly mm. later on, you know, less than 24 hours later, like I'm saying. Which is normally what he would say as well. I mean, out of all the injuries in match that he's been asked about post-match, mm-hmm. he, I think probably 95% of the time he said, oh, you know, it's too early, he needs to be assessed, whatever. So I, I was very surprised, really, to to hear him say that. Um, and, of course, the way that Kalajic went down was, was awkward. Um and, and we were speaking to people after the after the game that were very uh, just by looking at it very concerned as to what it might be, and those fears, as you say, we thought were were put to rest by what Bruno had said. Um, yeah, I think he's he's um, he's just made a small error there, really. I don't think you can you can say that without knowing the extent of it. Um, and I suspect after the fact, he's probably thought, I don't know why, I don't know why I've said that, really. So, um, look, I, I think it's a, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's a fairly minor point, but I think it's a fair one for us to make. Um, and overall, the the biggest point really is that a player on his debut, less than forty five minutes in, has has gone down with an ACL injury. It's absolutely horrendous look, not just for him but for Wolves. Um, and you have to just feel sorry for for the player really. Uh, Coming to a new country, you know, all this excitement and then for it to be halted so quickly like that is uh, is awful. Um, and, and just quickly on on Raul, just sort to wrap up what you said mm-hmm. at the beginning. Um, I think looking at the sort of update injury update the Wolves put out, the wording of it talking about, you know, he's still building his resilience and ability to recover during long periods of match congestion. Uh, obviously, they played, you know, a lot of games in a short amount of time after his knee injury. Uh, of course, he had a groin issue at the same time as that knee injury from the Besiktas friendly. Uh, and, then, and then the last bit says it was felt that his body needed a few more days to recover after he felt a pain in his groin during the warm-up and we did not want to put him at an increased risk of injury. So to me, the wording of that sounds very much uh, that it's precautionary. So we will hope to hear more um, about him this week and hopefully he'll be uh, he'll be available for Liverpool. Now, you say Sasha's injury is incredibly bad luck, Liam, OK? Now, it was up to 
Wolves and, and you know Bruno to, to start him after one um, one training session. They're given a five year deal. I'm just going to go through with you. You say it's, it's very unlucky, his injury record in the past. And um, just bear with me here. This is his record from the 2017 18 season up until the present day. I'm going to say what the injury was. I'm going to say how much time he missed. Here we go. Torn collateral ligament, three weeks. Metatarsal fracture, seven months. Knee problems, a month. Syndesomatic ligament tear, three and a half months. Cruciate ligament rupture, eight months. Fitness, a month. Coronavirus, three weeks. Shoulder injury, four months. Coronavirus again. Ankle problems, three weeks. And now he's done his cruciate ligament again. Now, it's easy for me to say this after the injury, but if you're signing a player who is incredibly injury prone, as you've as you read from that list, and probably because he's available at a knockdown price, probably because you should be if he's fit, he's going to be worth a lot more. So I get that. I get the market's probably worked out, but that is a massive long injury red alert list there. Now you cannot then. You know, no one can second guess a, a cruciate ligament injury. However, that long list to me, and he comes here and he has one day training and you give him a five year contract, doesn't seem the most, the smartest decision in the world for me. Now, I'm playing, maybe playing devil's advocate and you can probably come back with something, Liam. But to me, when I read that list, I knew he was injury prone, but uh, to, to get all that information, to sign him to a five year deal, um, and then to play him from the start after one day's training just seems very strange to me. But I think in terms of the, the starting point, um, essentially he's been forced to play him because Raul Jimenez is shattered. Um, well, Juan Chan's on the bench, uh, Liam. He's, 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 he's signed for £13, £14 million pound this summer. He's a striker. He started striker up front. Yeah, he's had the, he hasn't had a good week, but as you see, he's done all right when he came on and he started against Leeds up front and got the assist. So it's not as if Wolves are down to the bare bones there. Wow, how do you let me finish my sentence, Mr. Jude? I was about to say, I actually agree with you that you shouldn't have started. Well, no, I'm Unbelievable. Angry. Unbelievable. You're fuming. You're yeah, seething. I am fuming. I am fuming. Um, yeah, I, look, I think, um, again, we, we have to caveat it by saying, look, it's easier to say this after the injury. But I think we both said this before the game that we were surprised to see him starting. And um, you you do worry that it's a, an error. Not necessarily because we foresaw an injury, but because... You know, he might not have the best of games. It might not be the best start for him. It might not be the best circumstance for him to to start his first Wolves game, um, particularly in terms of confidence and form, etc. So I, I don't think any of us expected him or would have made that decision to start him. Um, I can see where Bruno's coming from in that there's a lot of excitement around him. They needed some inspiration and goals and Raul was clearly not ready to, to start the game. So they threw him straight in. But then, of course, in hindsight, it seems like a mistake, doesn't it? Um in terms of his signing, uh, it's look he's shown very good things over his career. He's he's got a good goal record. He offers obviously a very specialist uh, position and, and attributes. But when you read that list out, it's quite damning, isn't it? It's difficult to it's difficult to justify bringing a player in on that. You know, luck does turn, luck does change, and 
you know, he, he could very well have arrived at Wolves and not had that injury. But then, considering it, what's happened on his on his debut, it it just you know consolidates our fears really, and it looks even worse. Um, I think every you know every time a medical is done with a player, um, I think people get confused what a medical is. It's a risk assessment is what essentially what it is, mm-hmm. and they assess how big a risk or how little a risk it is to sign this player, what their injury record is, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the club obviously make the decision whether to whether to sign them or not. And look, the the, the people that that work at Wolves are very thorough um, and would have done a you know a very detailed job as to where he is physically and the 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 risk it is to sign him and Wolves regardless of what they said Wolves have made the decision to to bring him in so um he's got a long time now to sit on the uh sit, sit on the sidelines we we expect we need to wait to obviously hear the the full timeline and uh, an extent of it and then after that he's got a long year a long career sorry with with Wolves he's got signed a five year deal with a year option there's plenty of time for this signing to get off the ground and be worth the money that the Wolves paid, but it's not the best start, and it's left Wolves in a really sticky position at the start of the season. Okay, finish this off quickly. Hopefully, we think Raul Jimenez will be okay, and will remain to be seen. And Bruno will probably give us an update on Friday, whether although I assume it'll probably be coy, especially after learning from last weekend. But they'll have Huang, um, who I assume will start up front if if Raul can't, and if Raul's available. And, and back to back into first team training, then we assume that he will start against Liverpool. Is that correct? I mean, do I think he will? If he's ready, yes. I mean, would I? I'm not sure. Mm. Um, I feel like Wolves may benefit from giving him another game out of the spotlight mm-hmm. and maybe going with a false nine or yeah. Huang potentially. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, and then I've got to mention it because um, it's kind of why I tweeted it earlier on and some people have kind of understood that and other people haven't, but it goes over people's heads sometimes, which is fine. Look, there's some um, there's some rumours kicking about that um, if, if if Diego Costa doesn't come off, then Wolves could be interested in Andy Carroll, who's a free agent, who um, was obviously last seen playing for, for West Bromwich Albion, of course, uh, last season before they didn't um, give the option or take up an option on him at the end of last season after he came on loan, didn't give him a, a contract. Just look, whoever Wolves or Hampton Wanderer sign or decide to sign will always back 100%. You've got to back them, you want them to do well. But this would be from, this would go from the bizarre to the absolute mental for me if that deal happened. <laughs> Absolutely crazy, crazy, crazy situation. There's, I, I, I fail to see, and I like Andy Carroll. I've actually actually went on holiday with him to Ibiza a long, long time ago, back in um, back in my Middlesbrough days. Very it was before he went to Newcastle and Liverpool fame and, and came crazy. Lovely, very nice guy. And look, he's made some mistakes in his life. I get that, but he was a very nice guy at the time. But I'm sorry, Wolverhampton Wanderers. If you're signing Andy Carroll, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? I'm absolutely stunned. That begs of utter desperation. Some people will say, well, Wolves are desperate. I'm sorry, but they've got got enough options there for for me not to think that Andy Carroll is going to give them a different dimension coming on for 20 minutes or 15 minutes in a game. Just to lob it up top. You're not telling me. I'd rather I'd rather have Chem Campbell playing for the last 20 minutes and give him some experience. Someone's going to be there at the club for, you know, for for the next five, ten years. Hopefully, I'd rather do that. I'd, ra- I'd rather go into the 21s 
and play a striker who's going to play them. You know, they know how to find the back of the net. Okay, they're going to get experience. For me, it just makes absolutely zero sense if they went and signed Andy Carroll if Diego Costa doesn't come up. That just, just stop, stop Wolves, stop and listen because it's looking silly. It would just look silly to me. And like I say, look, if they sign him, I'll back him. Of course I will. But I'm just. It just didn't, it, it compl- I'm completely, I was completely dumbfounded when that came out. I'm just, being, impar- I'm just being impartial, Liam, you know what I mean? I'm yeah, of course. The fence. <laughs> Insert a clip of uh, Andy Carroll scoring a brace on his Wolves debut. Well, um. you know, and, and look, and look, like I say, if he is, I'll be the first one to congratulate, first one up in the press box, everybody looking around us thinking, oh, bloody hell, any chance of you two being impartial? But No chance. But it just, it just I just don't, I'm sorry, there's, there's got to be a line drawn, whether you're in the transfer window, you're out the transfer window, looking at your squad, and people are saying, well, you need a goal score, I need a goal score. I'm sorry, but I, I fail to see what Andy Carroll can give you, not taken up, has still not got a club by anyone, Championship or Premier League. I fail to see what he's going to give you that, that, that someone in that Wolverhampton Wanderers squad can't. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, look, this isn't a. I mean, this is a player who left West Brom and was not good enough to stay there. This is a player. Um, you know, this isn't 2010 anymore. We're not talking about you know Andy Carroll from Newcastle United 12 years ago. Okay, it's was... cost to be a lot more money. I tell you that. <laughs> it's uh, look. I, I don't. I don't understand that link whatsoever. Uh, if there's truth in it, I hope it's Wolves just. Playing the field, looking at their options, um, with no a bit like view. you and a Benidorm at two a.m. <laughs> no need for that. Um, I hope there's no serious attempt to bring him in. And I'm same as you. Look, if he comes in, you have to you have to get behind him and hope that there's something he can add. Uh, and in terms, of if you're going to be if you're going to be really positive and optimistic about it, there is in terms of the physicality and the size. It's something that the Wolves and Bruno is after and. It's different to what Wolves have currently, but that's about as far as it goes. I think for me, his goal record's not exactly good for the last few years. He's he's really struggled at several different clubs. Um, I don't see it being a move that makes any sense whatsoever. It's it's a real desperate move if he if he does come in. Um, and I don't think Wolves numbers wise are, albeit yes, they I think they do need another strike. And I explained why it's so much different to having a a full stand or a different wing or whatever it might be. I think it's so that would be such a bad look. I think bringing Andy Carroll in that it's it's not worth adding to the numbers. To be honest, um, I, I don't want to be too disrespectful because, of course, he's a player who's you know played for big clubs and had a decent career. But it's, it's, if right now, for what Wolves need, he's not the answer. Look, I mean, you, you're bringing someone in. Let's say, let's say Carroll comes in, or a n other comes in. I'm not just saying him. It's going to take two two weeks, three weeks, then, like I say, to get up to speed, which is another three games. Um, I know the international break's coming up, but let's say three games, which means that gives you, that gives you ten games before January window opens. Now, you're not telling me in those ten games they're going to be starting ten games. They're probably going to start, what, let's say Raul stays fit. Two. Maybe plus a cup game, but probably not because you want to advance, you know. Maybe three games. I mean... yeah. Huang Hee Chan for me, you got to start him. If I'm start, if you don't want Andy Carroll, or you want Huang Hee Chan. I'm starting Huang Hee Chan. So look, and I know he got quite a lot of support on Saturday. There were a few boos there as well when he came on. But look, he's a player for Wolverhampton Wanderers. He signed, he signed a contract. 
He's had a, he's had he's had one of the worst weeks of his probably of his football career, but he's still got back on it. I thought he did okay when he came on. I thought he did pretty well when he came on. He's got an assist this season, which is a damn sight more than certain people have got already this season, whether you whether you like it or not. I just I cannot I I would be absolutely stunned if they went down that line. And for me, you know, if people are going to criticise the um, the recruitment regime. If you're scrapping around for Andy Carroll on on September the, where are we are, I don't know what bloody date we're on. If we're scrapping around for Andy Carroll on September, you know Wednesday September the seventh, then uh, you 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 take you know you've got to take it. You've got to, you've got to take it. You're going to give it, and you're going to give all these players. You're going to have all these world world class superstars and Nunes and Guedes, and you've got Neto and you've got Pedence, and then you've got Andy Carroll up front. Sorry, sorry. Not having that. No, no, I, I think, uh, and, and from the sounds of it, a lot of fans aren't either. Um, and yeah, I, I just don't think, I just don't think it, it, it will add anything that, that Wolves need. As I say, look, I think they need an additional striker, but numbers-wise, across the board, forwards, I think they're okay. They've kept hold of Huang, they've kept hold of Adama Traore, they've got enough players, and, and I totally agree with you as well about Chem Campbell. Play Adama Traore down the middle if you want, you know what I mean? To. Did all right I, in Man City what, that time, I can't remember, did he? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He was right wing back originally, and then moved up to central. Yeah, central strike alongside him. And as, um, yeah, like Chem Campbell as well. You mentioned. I know it's a different position, but in terms of the overall forwards, I'd like to see him get you know chances in and around the squad when there's you know space allows for it. So, uh, yeah, I I can't for me see a a world where him him signing for Wolves makes makes any sense numbers wise, albeit not in that specific position, but across the forwards they've got enough. To see themselves through to to January and get someone else in, I think if they can't get Costa. Two years ago, he made 37 appearances for Newcastle for one goal. Went to Reading, scored two goals in eight appearances, and finished off Albion last season three goals in 15. Sorry, sorry, but not for me. And also those two in the Championship as well. Yes, of course, (laughs) course, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, basically five in 23. In the Championship, one in thirty-seven in the Premier League. I think I think the stats say enough. Uh, right, very quickly, Liam. Um, Southampton, look, finally, yay, win. Let's talk happy. Woo, woo, win, win, <laughs> wow. win, win. Uh, one Wonders one, Southampton nil. Uh, thank you very much, Che Adams, um, for uh, for that header, which was um, probably probably well, it has to be has to be surely one of the worst misses you are ever likely to see in a game of football. I, I can remember going to watch. It was actually the Hawthorns. I was there as a Middlesbrough fan a long time ago now. This this must have been crikey. Um, over nearly 20 years ago now. And Borough won. I think they won 1-0 on the day. But Cano missed one of the worst sitters. Literally, his foot was on the line. And it, and it came across, tapped it in, and he, and, he, and he spliced it over the bar somehow. It was an astonishing miss. People probably still remember it. That's up there, one of the worst misses of all time for me. It's, it's amazingly bad. But look, we'll take it because um, that, was a, that was a very, very important win. Just to kind of get out that, that horrible drop zone uh, before, let's be honest, a stinker of a fixture list that includes Liverpool away, Man City at home, West Ham away and Chelsea away. <sighs> Those next four games are absolutely shockers. Now, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Wolves goes there and get a result in one of those. But at the same time, they needed this win, didn't they? Just to get the monkey off the back, Liam. 
Yeah, for a number of reasons. The timing, as you say, with the fixtures coming up, uh, was massive. Um, but the fact that they hadn't, you know, hadn't won a game up until then at the sixth attempt, uh, and they needed to beat a Southampton team that are a really bizarre team because look, they're very intense. They work really hard. They're well drilled. I think Hasnut was done a, a good job overall there. Um, but they sort of flatter to, see, to deceive at times, and, and against Wolves, they. Um, Wolves didn't really have loads of control of the game, neither did Southampton. It was similar to the Newcastle game. But Southampton offered next to nothing uh, in front of goal other than the two Che Adams uh, you know, chances. I think if you ask him, he'll say he didn't miss because it went in the back of the net. He just had to use his arm to shovel it in. <laughs> and uh, and then, of course, the, the header as well that he hit the crossbar. So, um yeah, it's a they were a weird side at Southampton, and Wolves needed to win that. They made it a little bit hard work for themselves towards the end, uh, sort of clinging on. I thought Kilman and Collins were both good, but Kilman in particular was excellent. Both fullbacks I thought were much better than they have been in recent weeks as well. Johnny and Aitnori. Um So look, improvements in certain areas. Look, Wolves didn't take chances again. Neto I thought was was poor. Uh, got into good positions, didn't do enough of the ball. Pedence took his goal well. Are we allowed to say that now? I don't know whether it's, it was deliberate or not, but who cares? Oh, who cares? The three points was was the most important thing. Look, we can analyse and dissect the performance, and, and I think you know that's important to do that as well. But the three points was easily the biggest thing about this game, and they needed it. The timing of it, just for a bit of confidence, and uh, and go into as you say as a very difficult run of fixtures. Gerdes was the man who missed out on the day. I thought Daniel Pedence showed enough. Uh, coming on at Bournemouth that uh, that he deserved to to get back into this side and I think he'll keep his, his spot. Look, leading scorer, two goals for him. And um, he, um, for me, Wolves are probably a, a more threatening side when Daniel Pedence, who isn't for everybody I get, I get, but is on the pitch rather than not. So I thought he did his his chances of, of getting a run this side no harm whatsoever, Lee. And what, would you, what did you make of the, the front three or four? I mean, that's obviously Sasha aside, but the way that they worked and... Another probably disappointing display from Pedro Neto. Yeah, I think we, we've been talking about it for a week or two, and particularly after the Bournemouth game that uh, Pedence had to start. I do feel at the moment the Wolves are a better side when he plays. I think he takes up good positions, and I think it, the phases of play that Wolves are trying to put together suits his style very nicely with a close control, good low centre of gravity, and he's able to release the ball quicker than I think a lot of other players do. So I think at the moment, he, for me, he has to be starting, has to be playing, and I think... He proved that against Southampton as well. Um, Guedes, neither here nor there, if I'm honest. Um, he's had bright sparks since he's since he's signed, but it's not quite coming off for him at the moment. Um, he did I okay. His best performance so far has been away at Spurs. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I thought he did okay against Southampton when he mm. came on. Um, and then Neto, yeah, as, as I was just saying, I um, don't quite know what's going on with him, to be honest, because he's not... He's not his, his usual self at the moment. Um, seems bereft of confidence, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, seems a little bit uneasy on the right side rather than the left. He's trying to cut in so often on his left foot that it's becoming so predictable. And he's running into traffic and losing possession too often. Um, now, there was a couple of times where Nunes, who I thought I touched on briefly, had a very good second half uh, in comparison to a pretty poor first, I thought, albeit he got an assist. And... Um, there was a couple of times Nunes released Neto down the right in that second half. He had acres of space. Mm. And he actually took up good positions and he got into a good position with the ball after receiving it as well and took the wrong decision. There was one time that he 
took the defender on, got to the byline cross, and Geddes almost got on the end of it. And it was the right decision. It was a good move. And then every other time, he was trying to cut inside. He was passing backwards. He was not making the right moves. And um, a couple of times where you know he had an opportunity to to drive forward. There was one on the break actually where there was him on. I think he was two on one, but he had space and it was you know in their half and and, and on the counter. And uh, he tripped over himself in the ball, trying to cut inside and lost it. And it's frustrating because we know that he's got it. Um, I'm not sure playing on the right suits him. I think he needs to be back on the left. But then you've got Geddes who prefers the left as well. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a no win situation. Um, so yeah, not quite at it at the moment. But an interesting sort of tactical thing to highlight, which I think you know Neto's not been at it certainly, but there's some there's certain phases of play that have been going against him as well. Um, so we'll talk about, particularly against Bournemouth, the amount of times that he and other wingers as well received the ball out wide and their first pass was backwards. Um, it's mainly down to the positions and the space at which they're receiving the ball. And believe it or not, that starts with the centre-back. And in this particular example with, with Neto, it's with Collins on that right side. Collins has a great start to his Wolf career, but he's have, they're having to teach some of the habits out of him and teach him new habits having come from Burnley, which obviously played a very different style of football to Wolves. Collins, um, what they're trying to get him to do now is particularly when the ball, when the game is stretched, the ball comes from one side to the other, comes from left to right, and he's got space and he's, and he's carrying the ball. He needs to bring the ball further out of the fence, which then allows Semedo or Johnny, whoever's on the right, whoever's playing right back, to push on. Mm-hmm. That isolates the the midfielder or winger who's on the opposition in between the lines isolates them as the ball then passes them as it reaches Semedo or, or Johnny, whoever the right back is. Um, and then they receive that ball in that space and beyond that defender and that's where they can play into the space in front of them, whether that's inside into a Nunes or a Neves or Matinho or whether it's into space for Neto or to, to attack the space himself. There's a couple of times when Collins has played the ball far too early, hasn't carried it for, uh, too far uh, uh, too much. I uh, can't speak. Hasn't carried it further enough, rather, and um, and he's passed it into the fullback when that opposition player is in the right position to close them down, and that's where Wolves end up playing it backwards and changing to the other side. So there's things when he talks about time and patience, Bruno. It's often talking about these players that they're trying to to mould into the system, and Nunes as well. As well, I think it comes into that. So. Um, it will. They'll get there, and it, and they're very good players. Um, albeit they have to do it in, you know, fairly quickly. They don't have loads of time. Um, but we're seeing the signs of it slowly. But it's it's these small details that fans and often us don't see as well until until we're until we're shown it really. Anyone would think you've been watching some video analysis, uh, Liam, <laughs> uh, recently? Um, right. Okay. So look, they've, they've got the win. That's the most important thing. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. It's gonna be difficult coming up, but um, let's hope that they can they can get the job done and and, and hopefully beat one of these bigger clubs. Not just draw you you know draws are, draws are nothing really. Wins are gonna get you up the tail. If they can win, let's say one of the next two. I mean, look, you've seen it in in Wolves and uh, Wolves Liverpool and City that these big boys are, are there to get beat. You know, it's an interesting league this year, and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying seeing some of the upsets. I mean, you look at the teams below Wolves. I know that that, that obviously pull them out of the drop zone, but the teams below Wolves at the moment, Palace, who people are thought have had a great start. Well, Wolves were ahead of them in the table, but Palace, Everton, Villa, <laughs> um, West Ham, Leicester City, bottom. You know, there's there's some big clubs there. There's some big clubs there. Um, you know, and only 
you know, no one's no one's got full points yet. Obviously, Arsenal got turned over, but you know, Brighton fourth in that table. So Liverpool have, have only won two games out of the first six. It's it's interesting. You know, you saw you saw City get the draw against against Villa. So there's no reason why Wolves can't you know give them a good game at, at Molyneux. So there is some there is some hope there. Um, I've got to say as well uh, after the Southampton game, Liam, um, I, we did discuss on the podcast that. Uh, uh, after my Matthias Nunes bet or offer that um, I would buy the listeners a, a drink in the Hog's Head, we we went there, didn't we? We went there. We certainly did. We did there. We had, we had we had a wander up to the Hog's Head, um, and it was lovely. There were some people who were ready to go who had been waiting. And uh, do you know what, Liam? For and I, I, it was actually more than I thought when I when I got the bill home for a, for a hundred and fifty eight pounds forty five pence. Um, money bags I thoroughly I thoroughly enjoyed it I thought it was lovely to meet everybody everybody was a delight and you know it was fun to catch up with some people and some of the potty listeners and to be honest I guess you could have just said you were a potty listener but there were a few people in there who were who were having some anecdotes that we discussed plenty of people talking about rusks etc so we know that you know, you're listening and uh, it was a pleasure let me have a look I mean this is me although when I did walk into the hog's head I mean I didn't expect a hero's welcome but uh, the first thing I heard at the back was F off, Judah! I'm like, oh, this could be, this could be a, long, uh, a long hour in the hog's head. But uh, no, it was good, mate. So it was 16 pints were bought, five tequilas. The second guy came, can I, can I have five tequilas, please? I'm like, oh, crikey, crikey. Three Guinnesses, two Coronas, which were for you, by the way. I'll look after you. And, uh, and a pink gym and lemonade. So I was on the, I was on the Heineken Zeros, actually. I must admit, I was trying to be good. But um, it was nice one to it. I thought it was lovely chatting to different pockets of people and and learning about you know where they're from, what they do, and, and also you know kind of what what they what they enjoy about the pod and, and talking basically a little bit about wolves because we don't we don't often get that chance, do we? No, it was nice. It was nice because if we get stopped by you know someone in the ground or whatever it might be, it's always a very quick thing. Um, so just uh, yeah, have a bit of a, a chat with uh, with the peeps, with the people who. Um, in some ways, pay our wages, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it, it was just nice. And, and you know what? I didn't. You know, you you got that comment as you first walked in. I was very fortunate in that I didn't get any any negative. In fact, it was uh, surprisingly overly positive. Uh, Christ, from, you, always from, have to, you always have to make it about you, don't you? Look, obviously. What, what do you think I'm here for? <laughs> um, so, no, I wanted to thank those people who were who were very very kind uh, in in some of the things they said about me, and hopefully of been able to uh, to offer good insight. So yeah, no, it, it was great. Um, and particularly because I said I would buy my own beer and then you bought me two Coronas, so it's perfect. Um, by the way, I think it was a bit jokey-joke when I walked in, which was fine. It was lovely. And, and you, like I say, you meet everybody. You meet people who weren't podcast listeners. I even met someone who I'd blocked, which he wasn't particularly happy about, but it was lovely. <laughs> he was an interesting character. I didn't have any any untoward, anything's untoward to, to uh, take away from from our meeting and I'm quite happy to unblock you, whoever you are. So um it was uh, no, it was it was fun. It was we were there for just over an hour, weren't we? An hour and a bit, to be fair. Watched a little bit of the game, and uh, no, it was uh, I think Wolfpack were there as well. They, they do some good stuff on um, on YouTube, and so you know, it was it was nice, mate. It was it was a nice mixture, and um, I thought it was I thought it was a lovely way to end and, and celebrate the first W of this season. Yeah, thank God they won as well, and oh. we didn't have to walk in there after a loss. Right, uh, and credit to you, as I say again, keeping to your word. I'll um I'll say it for the hundredth time. I'd have definitely tried to worm my way out of it in one, in one way or another, and I've got no shame in admitting that. Uh, so yeah, credit to you. You, you stuck by your word, and uh, had I been one hundred and sixty odd quid down, whatever it was, 
yes, it would have been a, it would have been a lovely evening. But when I got home, I'd have been very happy. <laughs> so, so uh, happy days. Well, you know what I did when I got home, Liam? I went back. By the way, if you haven't already noticed, this is the banter section of the podcast, which is three quarters of the way through. Um, when I got home, Liam, uh, I got back and I said, do you, know what, do you know what I did? I made myself a good old cup of tea. Do you know what I made it with? No, I'm waiting for you to tell me. I made it with a lovely, old-fashioned, beautiful chrome kettle. Oh, and you can get, my God. And you can get an array of different kettles at kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Greens, whites, purples, chrome, black, you name it, they've got it, baby. Kino, you know, what, 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 what kind of kettle do you like when, you, when, you, when you're brewing your, 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 um, your hot water? I mean, I, I must admit, I'm lying here. I've got a hot water tap at home, so I, I'm <laughs> lying through my teeth. <laughs> I'm through my teeth that I've got a kettle. Obviously, anyway, of course didn't, you didn't do. Quite, I, can't, I can't advertise a, a four and a half grand uh, hot water tap and sparkling water tap here. So, so yes, um, what, what, what kettle would you like? Give me a colour, give me a look, and I'll, I'll provide it to you um, through, the, through the spec of kettleandtoastman.co.uk. Uh, I think it's actually similar to the kitchen I, uh, me and uh, Rosie have put together. together. So That's... Uh, <laughs> we, we we do like those appliances, uh, mm. whether it's a kettle, whether it's mm. a microwave, whatever it might be. Well, give me the colour scheme in your kitchen. Exactly what I'm about to say. I like a a black, maybe even a chrome black. Okay. Okay. Oh, have I got a kettle for you, my friend. And everyone else listening. The eight and a half thousand last week. Thank you very much listening. Kino, a Russell Hobbs Buckingham Quiet Boil, Quiet Boil Key. Stainless steel kettle is in stock for you. And I tell you what, it looks the dogs. It really does. You need to hang fire just one quick second. I had no idea that they even did quiet boil kettles. No. I might have to pick one up because the noise is unbearably annoying. Oh, mate, this this is quiet. This has got, and it's good for you because it's just got one switch. So you can can do it. You can can work it out. And do you know what? They've got, it's got a fancy, and I quite like this, a little blue little neon light at the very bottom of it because obviously the water's cold when the water's hot you know what's happening it's turning red baby oh my good god Unbelievable. it's astonishing do you know how much you pay for that in a, in a specced up kitchen you're paying 80 quid 75 quid Kino how much how much how much do you think it is if it's anything less than 50 I'll be shocked half it baby you You're joking. It. 25 of your English pounds. That will get you one sleeve of a Wolverhampton Wanderers away kit. It's unbelievable. It's, it's astonishing. 25 pounds for unlimited teas and coffees. I mean, for me, it's an absolute no-brainer. Russell Hobbs, kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Get yourself on the site. And now, one more, one more from our friends at footballprizes.co. .uk as well. Uh, auctions every Wednesday night for Wolverhampton Wanderers. There are 60 tickets left. A cost of £2.95. One winner, four prizes, baby. Wolves Legends bundle, including an Andy Gray signed shirt, a little framed picture with Bully on there, and two Goodyear home kits from 1993 and 1996. Any shirt, any size that you want. Uh, for me, it's an absolute no-brainer. £2.95. Auction closes 7.30 Wednesday, the 7th of September. So make sure you get your bids in. Well, I say bids. They're just tickets and 10% off with the code WOLVESPODDY. Get yourself involved. And finally, finally, the last bit of admin. Kino, Kino. 
You're on fire, baby. You are on fire. Unbelievable. Last week, nailed it. Nailed the prize. What was the score last week? Not not Southampton the week beforehand? Uh, it was... Uh, which one was it? Oh, it was Newcastle, wasn't it? 1-1. One, yes. 1-1, one. One, one, which you said. The lucky lady, uh, Jen, won the shirt. Never got back in touch. Well, there you go, Jen. You can't just retweet and you've got to listen to this podcast or get back because, you know, your shirt's gone. It's finished. You didn't come back. You didn't go out to claim your prize. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy you a brand new shirt if you're not listening to the podcast. But we've got a winner. You hit two in two. One nil win. Uh, can you get the winner up? Can you remember who the winner was, Liam? <laughs> I can. Uh, I can find it quickly when I was. Oh right, excellent me... news. I mean, you wouldn't have thought last week that you had this issue, and you would have thought you might have rectified it. But obviously, that's not the case. Well, I just rely on you to do your job sometimes. But I always, I'm always, I'm always having to pick up the pieces. It's absolutely unbelievable. I don't know what you do without me. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay, we're here. here. Uh, So the the lucky uh, winner has like passing for time. Come on. (laughs) No, I've actually got it in front of me. I was just I was just setting it up. Uh, He has liked the tweet, but I don't believe he's contacted either of us since then. So I'm assuming that's the message you're going to send out now. But it is. Well, I'm not going to send a message. Yes, I'm going to send a message on. on, If you're listening, yes. Yes, exactly. It is um, at Pete Petit fifty five. At Pete Petit. Yeah, Pete you know, he, he does follow me and he did like right. the tweet when I tweeted right. to say he was the winner so hopefully he's listening well, Pete, to this Pete listen to the podcast mate get in touch with us shirt's yours if not we're having a rollover again it's going to go to next week so we shall see um, right shall we take some questions from the beautiful people let's do it okay here we go um, a lot of people asking about look there's a lot of people asking about work permits etc we've tried to I think discuss it and carry on um, and move that forward. Look, it's going to move very, very quickly. And depending on when you listen to this podcast, it's probably um, lo- a lot of it could change and goalposts could move. But hopefully, I think, regardless of what happens, you'll be able to take quite a lot away from this podcast. Uh, Kim says, Why haven't Wolves scored enough goals for a couple of seasons? Is it the players or the state in the game, in inverted commas, attitude? Teams like Brighton and Brentford score goals for fun. It's a good question, Kim, to be fair. Good question. I think a lot of it is very much... Um... Personnel. I mean, Wolves have, aside from Raul Jimenez in the last, well, before his injury, haven't really got players that have got a history of high numbers, you know, goals and assists. Um, there is, you can, to an extent, uh, coach that and improve it with the, the system. And, of course, momentum is a massive one. Once a player hits a, hits a trail, I don't think any Wolves forward really has had that for a couple of seasons. Um but because of really the the personnel, I'm not expecting Wolves to be particularly high scorers this season either. I think that's obvious from the first few games. And equally, they've got the best defence in the league. So it's, albeit it's a change in system and they are attempting to change uh, the, the outcome of it and it will take time, it's probably going to be fairly similar to, to last season. And in some ways that might be, a, might be a positive because I think there was a lot of fears at the beginning of the, uh, beginning of the campaign. Stu says, Sergio Ramos, Pepe or Costa, who is the biggest shithouse for the third time? This three, <laughs> third time lucky. Three really, really good options. And I'm really stuck with it, but I think I'd just go with Pepe. Oh, I was going to say Pepe too, just. Yeah, just. just. I think I'd just go. I mean, I think Ramos is a real close second. I think they're all close, but I think I'd probably go Ramos second. But Pepe... Uh, I mean, some of the things he used to do in a Real Madrid shirt were just incredible. Throwing himself to the ground, kicking people on the floor. I mean, you he love was to see it. insane. You love to see it. 
Uh, Graham Cope says, when he joined Chelsea, his first statement to his teammates through a translator was, I go to war, you come with me. Does that send tingles down your spine like me, or does it send a sense of fear? <laughs> the tingles are everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, no, I, no, we said at the beginning of this podcast, I think that in that particular circumstance, what he offers, those attributes, I think is something that Wolves need and can benefit from. Uh, so very specifically on on that sort of aggression and uh, and, and yeah, and muscle, I think is something Wolves can yeah, will definitely. Uh, definitely take advantage from so hopefully it uh, it pays off that way Brian Donnelly Liam my five year old son is starting jiu-jitsu camp got any good lingo I can use to impress his coach um, first of all sen- sensei sensei do you <laughs> it's not sensei no it's splinter. either splinter they're all splinters aren't they it's, it's well, a lot of people use the word professor wow I don't I go coach um, or I do say boss quite a lot but I use that in everyday life as well to be fair um so, so that in terms of you know speaking to him, that could be that could be any of those options could be uh, go tos. Um, if you want to talk about specific moves, like you know, you don't have to speak about it as if you've got you know experience, but you can say, oh, my son's really keen to maybe learn how to do the triangle or learn how to do an armbar, something like that. That might maybe that'll impress. But one thing I will say is that you have made one of the single best decisions as a parent you can do. By getting and not just jujitsu, but in any combat sport, getting a child into it, provided you can deal with the fact that they, you know, you've got to be worried about them, albeit they're very safe when in the right circumstance. Uh, it's great for discipline, uh, great for fitness. It, it's it's a perfect thing to get a young child into. So you've made an, an excellent decision. Now that was me being very sincere and serious for a second. Now Judah's opportunity to take the piss. Yeah, my child will be going nowhere near any kind of combat sports. He will be, he will be, um, he will be lauded and have all the soft play area that he needs, um, and we'll be playing top trumps, guess who, and potentially some Pictionary, which is uh, some non-combat sports, and and you know at least you're not going to get your arm broken there. So happy yeah, days. but he's going to get beaten up by wow. everyone else. So wow, that's wow, that's the problem. Yeah, until he, he gets later on in life and the people who are beating him up, he, they're, they're, they, he's paying them to look after him, to protect him, because, you know, he's walking and knowing the place with his, like, private yacht and yacht. Nice turnaround. CNNC Consultancy, maybe I'm... I'm to, maybe I've just given a promo to someone, I don't know. Um, do you think this... Uh, do you know which club were close to signing? Ruben Neves... Uh, why, if you didn't have a sell to buy with a majority of our transfers so late in the window? So this is this comes from the uh, the interview, which was done by uh, Kiam Lean, I think, uh, Aston Villa fan. Uh, do do not start that nonsense. The, we'll have uh, that. In the in the tunnel after the game, where he said that he was very close to to going to uh, going to a club or uh, during the summer. What club was that, Liam Barcelona? <laughs> yeah, I um, yeah, I, I suspect Barcelona. I mean, he he wouldn't. It's got to be with a Frankie De Jong deal. You'd have thought. Yeah, yeah that, that was good... he wouldn't be drawn uh, as you'd imagine on on that specific uh, on on those specifics rather. But um, yeah, I, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I, I would I would suspect I would suspect Barcelona. But it was great to talk to to Ruben. Look, he he was in a very difficult position because he was expecting to go, and you can imagine that the kind of clubs he was being touted for that you, you know fans would understand why he would want to go but at the same time he loves Wolves and he's ended up staying he's fully focused he's ready to go and um, I think he had a really good start to the season as well and he loves being captain so um, yeah he's um, 
he's a credit to the football club, really is. And it was it was good to good to speak to him. And, and uh, unfortunate that he didn't uh, ignore me and just walk off. He uh, he saw me. He saw me. You know, I threatened a bit of jujitsu if he didn't come over. And he wow, thought, and a couple of arm bars, yeah. He was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I can't deal with that smoke. I'm coming over. I've got, I've got to chat to him. Can't um, deal with that smoke. Is that is that is that what the, the cool kids say these days? <laughs> can't deal with that smoke. Is that is that you, is that honestly, what English has come to these you days? Are so I can't old. deal with that smoke. You're so I'm going so, to speak to you. You are King. so old. Wow. You are ancient. Can't deal with that smoke. My good God. Um, <laughs> James Orson, look, we know the answer to this, but we keep getting asked every single week, so let's let's go let's go back to it, and you can just say it so we don't have to say it again this season. Has the contract with Fabio and Anderlecht written that he is unable to return if required during this season, Liam? Well, there's, there's two points very quickly. One, he can't be recalled in a outside of a transfer window anyway, so the earliest, in theory, would be January. Uh, second point is we believe there is no recall clause regardless anyway so I don't believe you'll see him in a Wolves shirt this season uh, Nigel Bolton what's your thoughts on a 4-4-2 creating chances isn't our problem scoring them is get two strikers up there to get it with the onion bag what's all this? in the onion bag what's going on oh, come what on. are people heard, talking you've, about you've heard what that are phrase, people you? talking Surely. about you've heard that phrase haven't you that's, the that's onion like, bag that's an old school phrase just say in the back of the net why do you have yeah. to say onion bag what's so just just, just well, say look, score I, I goal, don't man. use it but I'm just saying it is an old school phrase surely you've heard of it what are your thoughts um, I can see it I can see it being a possibility this season but when you've got at the moment one striker who there's question marks over his fitness and you potentially going to get a second but it, you know he's not going to be ready to play I don't see how Wolves play 4-4-2 unless you play Raul and Huang up there together but I'm I don't see that. I don't see that being viable because at the moment Bruno's very keen on these three three midfield. So uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we'll see that. Um, what is the best thing? Asks. Um, lost it now. What is the best thing? Says Poco Drama. Good to see Poco. You've ever got for free? I recently got an extra mushy pea fritter in my chip shop order. What's the best thing you've ever got for free? I was struggling a little bit with an answer for this, and the only thing I could okay. really think of that stood out to me is I can't remember what year I was in uni, but I was walking through a very busy street in Liverpool, mm. and there was a tenner on the floor. Oh! And I and I just you obviously I handed it, it in, yeah? <laughs> Did I? God, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was straight to the pub, mate. <laughs> It was. Um, yeah, I mean, there was no, was no one around. Human being. There was no one. There was no one around claiming it. There was no one. You know, cons- no, no one. There were people walking past it. It was just right there, just stuck to the floor. I just picked it up and I was just mm. like, "This is incredible." That yeah, they made it a slightly uh, less anxious night out, having to worry about how I'm going to pay for it. It was brilliant. I'm close to that as well. Uh, so when I took the missus on on honeymoon uh, when we got married, which was uh, seven years ago now. I think seven and a half years ago. I took her to the airport. She didn't know where she was going. Um, for those of you know, we were going to, went to the Maldives first and went to Kenya on a safari. But went to the Maldives um, to a place called, and if you ever get a chance to look it up after this podcast, do. It's amazing. It's called Gili, G-I-L-I, Gili Langenfushi. Amazing place. And you know, have like, these water villas on the water. The, you know, you see you see the ocean, you see it blue, but then there's like a different type of Maldives blue, isn't there? You've seen the pictures mm. and stuff. 
So we had a, I had a really nice water villa, like like very very good upgrade. Loves you know really nice right on the end of the pier. And um, we got there, and um, the manager's there, and he knew it was our honeymoon. And he said, um, "Mr. Judah, I believe, oh, Mrs. Judah, I believe this is a this is a present from your husband, and you didn't know where you were going, so welcome." And then they go, "Mr. Judy, we've got a surprise for you as well." So I'm like, "Oh, okay, interesting." He goes, "So when you're not staying at the Water Villa?" So I'm like, oh, "Kind of booked it, mate. So kind of think we are." And uh, he was like, "No, um, just as a as a gift from us, and because it's not it's not uh, being used this weekend." Uh, Mr. Roman Abramovich has been there last week and Cristiano Ronaldo was there the week before but it is free this week so you have got um, a completely just you two come with us onto our private villa on the water on an island on its own and stay there for the week uh, it's called the private reserve if anyone sees it on the internet it is unbelievable eight bedrooms um, swimming pool cinema room uh literally one of the most incredible places you've ever seen in your life and we got it for free so you know we were spending x amount of you know pounds a night this was obviously never going to afford it 15 and a half grand a night regularly True. 15 and a half grand a night and it just mean no in it for a week it's just it's own, it's a, it had its own like massage suite it had uh oh it was just it was just ridiculous four dining rooms it was just so excessive but you can't be that for free I mean, that's why I'm making a year. <laughs> Not far off, I'll tell you that. So, uh, yeah, that was, um, that was a nice little thing, a nice little bonus for free. Um, let's have a look. Last one, Kino. Just, just tell me when and I'm going um, to stop it. Stop the Wheel of Fortune. I'm not offering um, free bills for a month this morning. Oh, God, yeah, that's been doing the rounds, isn't it? Crikey. Um, let's go with now. Okay. Oh, Paul Mansell, who was there? He was there on uh, on Saturday as well, wanting for a drink. Good to see Paul. He was indeed. He's been on the podcast as well. Here we go. Um, he says, uh, Paul Mansell says, must have been a busy month for you both. Um, what are the three most important Twitter accounts that you have alerts on to keep you with your job, help you to keep you with your job? And thanks for the beer on Saturday. Good to see you both. <laughs> yes, it was good to see him too. Um... Well, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, there's there's quite a few to be honest. Because I have to do a lot of the uh, a lot of our colleagues, a lot of our journalism colleagues. Um, so we'll have you know like Fabrizio Romano, John Percy, Ornstein, all these all these guys. I'll have you, which is an uh, important one. Of course. Uh, I've got Wolves, which is a very important one. Uh, uh, to be honest, I've got all I've got the Wolves Academy, the Wolves Women, the Wolves Help account. I've got all of them on. So um, yeah, I've got I mean. Pretty much, pretty, pretty much everyone. My phone's non-stop buzzing, but I try and I try and keep on top of uh, try and keep top, on top of everything. So yeah. Um, and uh, you'll be you'll be very shocked to know that from an alert point of view, I have since I've been in this job, not had anyone on alert ever. Um, I can't deal with the buzzing. I can't. I just like I'll do it. I'll get to it. I'll put stuff out there. But I don't want to be. I don't want my phone buzzing every time. It will just drive me insane. So not no alerts me. for me. Huh? Not even me. No, no alerts. No alerts. If I'm on Twitter, then I'll see it or whatever, or you'll text me or whatever, or we'll, we'll, the breaking news will probably happen when we're there anyway. But from out of hours and stuff, you know, of course we're going to be we're going to be working. But alert, immediate alert. I can't. I can't do it. Maybe, maybe, maybe on certain match nights, maybe. But nah, nah, I can't. It just drives me insane. We're on our phones too many times anyway during the day and during the True. afternoon. We need to give give our 
give our loved ones some some quality time as well. Have you got your screen time? Do you know what it is on your phone? Where do you find that? Uh, well, I get a notification about it every. Oh, I do sometimes, yeah, but I don't know how you find it. But yeah, I'm sure. You, do you know where you can find it on the iPhone? Oh yeah, actually, no. If you go straight to settings and it comes yeah. up straight away on the first bit, it just says underneath focus. It says screen time. On the on the on what on the underneath what? No, no. So you, yeah, click oh, on focus, settings. Oh, screen time. Right. Got it. Got it. Got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what do you do? Like daily average? Yeah. Four hours fifty nine minutes. Ah, mine's four hours forty five right now. Oh, there you go. Down but, 29% from last week, although that was deadline day week. So. Mine's down 34% from last week. Uh, but if, if you look similar. at see all activity, I mean, my, I mean, I, I, I have often have weeks where I'm on it like seven hours a day. Yeah, it's not good, is it? It's Easily. not healthy. Easily. Yeah, it's not That happens great. all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. But hey, ho, that's part of the job, I guess, you know what I mean? So it's all good. Um, by the way, I'm going to give. I'm going to address this last one as well uh, because they are going to get some stick. And look, it's, it's not. It's, it's not their fault, you know. Look, these things happen. But when people ask him, when will they upgrade the medical department? Look, that's. I think it's really hard to to start me to go with, especially of non-contact injuries and stuff like. That. You can't predict an injury, and you can't be out there to prevent an injury. You can give them injury prevention, and you can work on them week to week, but. That's not. You can't start going on making this blame game. It's a dangerous game to play, and it's not fair. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, you know, they they've got a really difficult job, and um, there is only so much that is in their power. You know, in their wheelhouse, and unfortunately, some things are just out of their control. Um, so, uh, looks a massive part of it, and and they do everything they can in 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 their power to make things to prevent things and and treat people in the right way. But there's yeah, some things are just out out of their control, really. Saturday, Liverpool away. We're going back to Anfield. Um, looking forward to it. Look, testing game, of course, a testing game. But Liverpool, like I said earlier on, have not hit full stride yet. Can Wolves take advantage? Now, we're recording this podcast on Tuesday afternoon, so a lot can happen between now and Saturday in terms of personnel, etc. You know, we, we don't know what the situation with Raul, of course, you know, Diego Costa, but I, I'd be surprised if we see him being involved on, on Saturday, for, for instance. But... Let's hope that Raul's fit. If not, I would assume that they'll either go with the three, the three up top as a false nine, or they'll go with Huang. Um, how do you see it, Liam? How would you play it? Um, you know, Johnny and Ryan Nori were the fullbacks on Saturday for the win against Southampton. I thought both did pretty well. However, you'd have thought Nelson Semedo was more precautionary with a fitness point of view. He would definitely have a shout to come back into the side. How do you expect them to line up as of Tuesday afternoon? Yeah, just on Semedo as well. He was about to come on late on against Southampton and then delays in injury time, etc., etc., meant he never happened. So mm. uh, he's certainly ready to play. It was, uh, you know, he's... God, you'd be like, annoyed not getting your win bonus there, wouldn't you? Just get me on! Get me on <laughs> for 10 seconds, man! <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah look, he, you know, he, he played a lot of minutes in a short amount of time after tearing a hamstring. So it makes sense that he needs sure. he needs a game off. Um yeah, I think if I'm going to look at the the formation and the and the, and the starting eleven first, uh, right as of now, I think he stays four three three, and I think he goes Sar in goal. You'd imagine. I'm interested in what your thoughts are here because I think Semedo comes back in. Mm. I'm a little bit torn right now as to what he goes with at left back. Um, I feel I think like he'll he, go Johnny. I was going to say I think feel like he might go eight Nori. Um, okay, Marking Salah because they well, he did he actually did a really good job at home. Marking Saddle last season. Okay. Right. Um, 
they're gonna they're gonna potentially they've got lose. to score goals though, don't they? You know, they well, can't exactly. just go there and sit back. So I I understand what you're saying. There. Yeah, exactly. And and they've got to potentially lose a little bit going forward without an out and out striker. And mm. he may be able to offer the the sort of the the well, the the width and and sort of attacking intent that they're gonna need. So I'll, I'll go with him for now. And I'm you know we'll imagine Collins and Kilman uh, play as normal mm. midfield three. I think. Says you know speaks for itself. Uh, Neves, Nunes, uh, Moutinho, mm-hmm. and then for me, I think purely because of I, we're gonna I'm gonna assume Raul isn't ready to to start, mm-hmm. and I think he's probably not ready to throw Troyore or Huang in. I think Neto keeps his place, Guedes as well. I think Pedence goes down the uh, down the middle. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that's how he goes. I think he's, I think he puts Guedes out left and 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 puts Pence down the middle. But that is, again, that would an interchange sort of free flowing front three as well. So uh, they'll move around. But I think that's probably where they go. And look at it, Liverpool. I mean, they as you rightly say, they've um, they've, they've had a really weird start to the season because they you know they go and win nine 0 at Bournemouth and then or against Bournemouth and then they they're drawing. Games left, right, and centre. You know, drawing with Fulham, drawing with Palace. Most recently at the weekend, drawing nil nil with with Everton. Newcastle. Oh, they beat Newcastle just. But I just, mean, they were well, yeah, they down, just yeah. beat Newcastle exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a really strange start to the season for them. Um, and midfield, to be honest, is where they can be is where they can be hurt. You look mm-hmm. at the midfield three that they started against Everton. They started Carvalho, mm-hmm. who was just signed. I think he's nineteen off the top of my head. Fabinho, who was a very good player, I'll be honest. And uh, and Elliot, who is I do think a good player, but still a little bit raw, not quite at the level yet. Um, so two very young players in a very makeshift midfield three alongside um, alongside Fabinho. So I think that is an area certainly to hurt them. Um, you'd imagine that there will be some changes on that. You know they they had that um, their new signing Arthur Mello on the bench uh, who didn't come on against Everton, but you imagine he might play. James Milner did come on in that game, but they're a little bit they're a little bit short for for midfield players at the moment, and I feel like that's definitely an area to hurt them. Otherwise, they've got the obvious uh, issues for for Wolves. That is with Salah, Diaz, Nunes didn't particularly have a great game against Everton, but I think very dangerous front three. Uh, Van Dijk playing consistently at the moment, albeit consistently average. I think if you can get if you can get runs in behind him, there's certainly he doesn't like to turn and run towards his own goal. There's an op- there's a you know an option there to get at him. Um, they're not unbeatable. They're certainly not. They're a very good outfit who are stuttering a little bit at the moment. And if Wolves can, if Wolves can be solid and probably play on the counter, particularly away from home at Anfield, uh, they've got more more than an opportunity here to to get a result. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, the Wolves had a on paper a very. I'm not going to say easy, but um, one of the one of they haven't really played a big big team yet, and look, that's why they needed to win against Southampton. It'd be interesting to see what Nunes um, does against Kilman and Collins. Actually, it's probably their first real world class strike that they've got to mark. So I'll be fascinated, especially away from home. So I'll be fascinated to see how how they deal with him because uh, he's a nuisance and. Um, and yeah, that that'll be um, that. I think that'll be a key battle. I'll pro- I'm going to side with with Huang to start uh, rather than the three. I think it'll be Pedence, and I'm going to give Neto one more chance actually, um, with him scoring as well at Anfield last year, and probably have Geddes on the bench again. But I would say he might go Huang up top. But 
whether we maybe Raul might be fit and he might start we'll see but um, it's difficult to say at this moment in time what I would say is they need to put a good display on um, I think you know need to build on that they can't go to Anfield and just you know be 2-0 down at half time and, and you know throw in the towel they need to really you want to see more of what we saw away at Spurs I guess in the first half I guess you, know, you can talk about Harry Kane being very good but he scored in that game didn't you didn't he so so I would like to see more from from Wolves being and taking the game to Liverpool. And I think that's what that's what they've got to do, Liam, in order to get something from this game is they've got to be on the front foot. You know, they've got to use it, of course. You know, they do look comfortable still in breakaways on the counter attack, but they've got to they've got to put the first you know the first foot forward and, and maybe stun them like they did against against Liverpool on the last day of last season and get an early goal would be great just to silence Liverpool. Oh it'd be nice, wouldn't it? It'd be nice. I mean, you can imagine Wolves are going to be fairly compact and tight I think the acid test going away from home against a, a, a good side was the Spurs game and um, Bruno didn't fold and change formation and go back to a five at the back and try and squeeze out a victory Look, Wolves dominated and controlled in that first half and let the game run away from them a little bit in the second and of course resulted in, in the one they were lost so um, they're more than capable of going to Anfield and keeping it compact looking after the ball and not just relying on the counter-attack, albeit I think that's probably where they're going to get the most joy, but having some sustained possession in periods as well. And if they can look after the ball when those periods arrive, um, they can cause problems. Of course they can. Um, against, as we'll continue to say, Liverpool, team who are, Liverpool teams rather, who are, are faltering at the moment. So um, it's, going to be a, it's going to be a real interesting a real interesting game because it very much depends on the Liverpool team that turns up. Um, but it depends on how long Wolves can keep it level or if they do take a very, very crucial early lead um, like they did at Anfield last season, then how they can hold on to it. And they're they're definitely more than capable of doing that, albeit they do make it a little bit nervy towards the end in most games. So, of course, you're getting the the prediction again to go for three in a row. It should be unbelievable after the barren spell that you've had to go for three completely correct scores in a row. So I'm going to say I'll go first and I'll leave the floor to you. A difficult game. Head over heart. I've got to say head. I'm going to say Liverpool 2, Wolverhampton Wanderers 1. Oh, we're, cl- we're close this week. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go for a four-goal thriller. Oh! A Desmond 2-2. A Desmond 2-2. I take a Desmond. I'm going for oh, it. I take a little bit of Desmond. I love God that. Rest his soul. Oh, God rest his soul. I'm going for it. Soul. Doing two the two. Thing now. There you go. Okay. <laughs> two two. Um, and you know what we say? Go on. Win or lose, we're on the booze. Oh, Kino. <laughs> you are absolutely full of it today. I love it. I love it. Come Friday on, and Saturday night for you, isn't it? Two, yeah, two it nights. It is. It is. Oh, I'm, I'm being very be... sensible on Friday. Um, right. And you said no with... more desserts now pre match. No, 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 no. I said no more. uh, I'm going to have a a spell of no more indulging pre-match after Liverpool. Oh, after Liverpool. I did say that to you, in my my defence. Okay. Uh, Yeah, you're going to have to carb up on the Saturday. Yeah, I'm going to have to carb up on both because I'm coming, arriving at Anfield after a a Friday night as well. Albeit, as I just said, I'm going to be sensible because the previous trip to Anfield last day of last season I was <laughs> a little bit worse for wear I wasn't too bad but I was I was certainly as long as you're not knocking on the door coming back into the room um, and doing a, doing a Benidorm at 8.30am the next morning I think you'll be okay you know every time you tell this story the time gets later and later mate it was 8.30 in the morning it was not 8.30 it was 8.30 in the morning it wasn't, it wasn't I even, it wasn't even 8 it was like 7.40 or something like that <laughs> and you and you and you, was, you you started off telling me 
you got in at seven thirty. Then you read, then you told the story to someone else in front of me, and you went, you got in at eight, and now you've just changed it to eight thirty. Yeah, that's what a good journalist does. Let's, let's just say I got in the following day. It was twenty four hours later. I, I got in. I missed the Besiktas game. I wasn't there. No, I was, in, I was in the red line. You missed uh, you missed Bajikas. You, you didn't come on the you didn't come on the uh, speedboat with me. You're all over the shop. Well, I'm to Wanderers correspondent. That speedboat I did miss, and I was gutted. But at the same time, I I, I couldn't have made it in time. But physically, could not have made it in time. Physically, not. mentally, and emotionally, yeah, you there. couldn't have made I was, it. No. I was not ready. No, and, and was, the ocean wasn't ready for your chunder either. I'll be honest. No, no, that's a good point. Uh, first time I've ever uh, finished a podcast with the word chunder but uh, 84 minutes going and uh, look no banter and 84 minutes but look, loads to talk about I hope you've enjoyed it we'll see you all at Anfield who are going um, come and say hello come and have a drink come and, uh, come and, have, a, come and have an interview post-match and let's discuss a Wolverhampton Wanderers victory from me from Keeney have a great weekend Diego see you soon bye